now for the fifth month on all Israeli bestseller lists. Number one Israeli bestseller. Wouldn't have thought. And also in Germany, this is the 14th week on the Spiegel bestseller list. And it just came out in the United States in English. And here it is. You can get a copy afterwards with the signature. And now I would like to introduce to him my husband and the author of the book. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you, everybody who came here this evening. It's brutally cold outside, and we got like a bunch of cancellations, but you are the heroes of New York. You braved the weather, and you showed up. Thank you so much. We'll start the evening with, uh, I've never done it before, so, but I thought Isgap is the right place to do, with a few, um, just a second, before you start it. Can you stop? Okay. The person you see in front of you will start a day with Hanan Ashrawi, who is the mouthpiece of the Palestinian government to the Western world. She is called, she is known as the most moderate, most educated, and some people think even the most sexy. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have one minute or so with Dr. Hanan Ashrawi. Yeah. Let me ask you, let me ask you, since we are like in the day, this is the day the two sides are fasting. It's another meeting. Yes, these two sides are fasting yesterday. The, the, the Muslims and the Jews. Mm. You know, it's interaction. One is mourning the destruction of the temple. And one is flooding into the same mosque, into the same area. What is your thinking of this? Do you think some Palestinians, for example, tell me that the Jews have never been here? Uh, <laughs> no, the what do you think? of course, no, the Jewish tribes were here, but they weren't, you know, a state the way they claim it to be. So no state. And I don't. Was there a, a, a? I believe there was. Was there a, a, a temple, temple there? there to be a Samaria or whatever? Please I have no idea. I'm not an archaeologist. Did you ever think about it? Did you ever think about it? I don't pass judgment. I think I'm, if. Archaeology tells me there was fine. Archaeology tells me there wasn't fine. This land is not an So this is the first one. This is the moderate Palestinian telling you that historically there was never a Jewish state in the Holy Land. And had there been a temple, a Jewish temple, I don't know. This is for the archaeologists to decide, and I don't know. Okay. From here we'll go to... General, Major General Jibril Rajoub. He is. Just a second. Jibril Rajoub was the head of preventive security of the PLO, and today is the head of the Palestinian Olympic Committee. Do you know how many Olympian, Palestinian Olympias are there? Zero. But this is the way from him to get the Europeans to give him money to do all kinds of activities. Jibril Rajoub is uh, regarded by Israelis, by, Israeli, by the liberal side of Israel and by many Israelis as a very moderate Palestinian, meaning that we can make peace with him, as they say. And here is one minute again with Jibril Rajoub. I am pretty sure that the Palestinian political leadership became mature enough to understand how much the peaceful, the popular resistance is effective. And through peaceful resistance, we can convince the international community. Yeah, my question to you was, do you think the Israelis have changed? Excuse me, let them not to change. Let them not to change. Israel will be isolated. Israel will be more than South Africa. 
Israel is a racist, expansionist, fascist. The Israelis cannot keep dictating such things. Okay, this is a Jibril Rajub. Very moderate. We'll talk about him soon. This is the Jibril Rajub, very, very moderate, of course. And from this, we'll go to... Um, okay, that's before an introduction. When I meet the Palestinians, I never tell them my name is Tuvia, because in the Palestinian areas, actually Palestine, de facto there is a state already called Palestine. That, that state is Judenrein, a Jew cannot walk there, and if a Jew does, he does not come back. So in those places, I am, my name is Toby, Toby in Almania, Toby the German. And that's one of the things, and that's why they talk to me. And here is a little bit a different way to approach journalism. It's more gonzo, gonzo journalism. And you'll see an example. This is in the village, Arakib, a Bedouin village, supposedly, Arakib. And this is one of the famous Aziz, is the famous activist for the Bedouin. We are talking within proper 48, within proper Israel, 48, 19, in 1948 borders. And this what you'll see now. We shall not be moved. You can destroy our house. We shall not be moved. We can uproot our trees. We shall not be moved. This is our land. This is between life. We cannot shall be moved. Who, who, who taught you this song? Huh? Who taught you this song? Ah, uh, this song there is in the... The Germans? No. No. Uh, Swiss? No. Yeah. Americans? No. Who? I, this is a uh, 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 group from. Is this one of the Uh. 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 We shall not be moved. No, no, we shall not be moved. You can destroy our school. We shall not be moved. You can uproot my trees. I shall not be moved. This is Bedouin land. This is Bedouin land. We shall not be moved. Yalla. No, we shall not be moved. This is Bedouin land. This is Bedouin land. We shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. <laughs> Very good. Okay, here you can see uproot our trees. We are in the desert. There are no trees in the desert. What you have, you have Europeans and Geos who come to teach the Palestinians and the Arabs and the Bedouins what they had that has nothing to do with reality. This forget now the Arab-Israeli dispute. In El Karib and Arakib, there are no truths and no, no trees. But still, uproot our trees. They come, they teach them, they tell them what to say, they tell them how to behave with foreign journalists, and they remake history. Now we are go from this, we go to, there is an organization called B'Tselem, some of you know, maybe not all of you know, it's, a, it's an Israeli organization, it's funded heavily by German government through all kinds of uh, means, uh, one of them is bought for the Welt, which I think about one-fifth of uh, B'Tselem budget, one-fifth to one-sixth of B'Tselem budget is coming from there, and then there are other German organizations that do that, and this organization one day Toby the German, they invited me per my request to join in the way to see how they gather information, how they make up their movies, their videos, and their reports about the atrocities committed by the Israeli government against innocent Palestinians. At that day, they have given to me, they made available for me, a name named Atif Rob. He is one of their investigators, 
and as they called it, is our top investigator. Just so you know, B'Tselem is a multi-million dollar operation, as many names to it, like Amos Oz, A.B. Yoshua, etc., etc., David Grossman. But actually, the fact-finding department is made up of 10 investigators, all of them Palestinians. And this is the top investigator, Atef. What is the speech? <laughs> <laughs> Want to know every details? Yeah. Try to, to make problems between them. <laughs> what try to, I try to make love. No, no. <laughs> try to encourage the wife against them. No. No. That you are support the Jewish as a state. Why? Why do you think so? Not personal. Yeah, yeah. Why do we <laughs> Yearly, they paid uh, Germany paid for the Jews. Yeah. Because uh, what they said that uh, Hitler killed uh, yeah. millions of uh, Jews. I don't know. Wait a second. So. Yeah. So what does it make me? What? If Germany pays for the Jews, what does it make me be Jewish? Ah, because we're Germans, we support the Jews. But ask him if he remembers that we also killed them. It's a lie. I don't believe it. Yeah, you don't believe it? Ask him, yeah, of course. Why? Sometimes they kill tens of people here while they are sleeping. They are resistance. Oh, resistance. Even now, and there is a, a, a strong media, and they are lying. As you can hear, the top investigator of B'Tselem claiming that the Holocaust is a lie. It didn't happen. But what does happen is that the IDF, the Israeli army, goes middle of the night, catches young babies, Palestinians, and makes them disappear. This is what he referred to. This is his sign on those kind of reports. So you have here an intellectual investigator who believes that the Holocaust did not happen. What does happen is that the Jews are snatching little babies and God knows what they are doing with them. Okay? And, and for the last for this evening will be um, Shapira. This is uh, happens on the grounds of Yad Vashem Museum, the Holocaust Museum Yad Vashem. This is during a tour of Yad Vashem, paid for by the EU, by the European Commission, which is part of the EU. And they have hired the guy you will see, Itamar Shapira, who calls himself an ex-Jew, to explain to young Europeans where they are, this happens just in Yad Vashem. Take a look. So Herzl, Theodor Herzl is buried over there. He died a lot before the state in 1904 uh, from a sex disease, sexual transmitted uh, disease, uh, and was br later brought when the state was established to be buried over on the top. On the other side, in front of us, we only see the outskirts of Jerusalem, because outside of Jerusalem, toward the west. In front of you, you see a, a neighborhood of Jerusalem. This is the last neighborhood of Jerusalem. This is already not Jerusalem. And this one uh, is a very known uh, massacre that happened here um, in 1984. That is called Bir Yassin. Have you heard about that? No. It's a, it used to be a Palestinian village below these houses and, and, and trees, a Palestinian village of a few thousand people. Uh, and about uh, 170, 120, 400, again, a fight of the numbers um, of Palestinians were killed over there. Most of them were taken um, uh, in three, in groups of three. One is killed and the two others are running away to uh, bring the message. Lifta, but we were there today behind this hill, got the message from, from here and really ran away. Uh, the central uh, uh, state uh, authorities, Ben Gurion and, and so on, after the state was established, because this was just a month before the state was established, 
um, said that it wasn't them. It was the Stern Gang and the, the Irgun, meaning the two right-wing uh, groups. Um, but what we know that the Haganah, the central one, that uh, Ben-Gurion was his, uh, the head, gave them a light, how do you do that, like light bombs, and, uh, and also firing uh, around, giving the So it was known, but this is a way also of, uh, the ones that were captured were moved through West Jerusalem on uh, on um, uh, on open buses or open uh, uh, trucks when they are tied and uh, injured to show uh, to show the people the Jews here we are winning show them there. Uh, Yassin, when I uh, um, uh, mentioned this when I was working here uh, and the, the Palestinian uh, refugee problem. I got fired up here because I was mixing a Holocaust with politics as the formal center. And today I will speak also about this, what is politics that you can't mix, what is not. Because Yad Vashem is dealing with things that some can say that are politics. What yes, what no. It's interesting, I think, not only for the Holocaust thing, but <coughs> also to, uh, to the discussion in general about history and politics. Is it the same thing? Is it? Okay, here you saw a few examples. This is from the outside of Yad Vashem, in the, the balcony over there. Inside Yad Vashem, the guy said stuff like what you see in front of you is from the perspective of the Jews, of the museum. This is not an objective view, this is a subjective view. But I can tell you what is objective and what is true. Israel is committing a holocaust against Palestinians and it's time that all of us will join in BDS and boycotting the state of Israel. Now, this is paid for by the EU. These are just few examples of what's going on in Israel and that you don't see in the media. Many, many more things happen there. And this is what's very, very interesting. For example, you saw Jibril Rajub, which some Israelis call him Gabi Regev. They gave him an Hebrew name because he thought he's actually a Jew already, because he's so much pro-Israel in their mind. But when Jibril Rajub talks to a person that he knows is a German, and Jibril and I clicked very well from the let go. It was amazing. We became very good terms. Of course, he thought I am an authentic German, Asli, original, a little Nazi, if not too much of it. And one day I remember Jibril says to me, Toby, from this day on, your name is no longer Toby. And I said to myself, I got caught. Because I always wondered, I mean, the guy was the master, spy master of Palestine. He is, still. How could he not figure out who I am? And I thought, now I'm going to be put into a nice grave. And then he thought, from this day on, your name is Abu Ali. <laughs> what is Abu Ali? In literal Arabic, Abu Ali means the father of Ali. In Arabic folklore, it means the Karim, the respected, the courageous. Guess who else got the name Abu Ali? in Palestinian folklore, Adolf Hitler. So I am in front here, in Isgap, the presentation of Adolf Hitler, the reincarnation of Adolf Hitler. This is, and, and, and these people said to me, for example, stuff which is like amazing. They said, you know, they grabbed me and they, they uh, these are the, the moderates, they grabbed me and they said, you know, we are all Germans. All of us are Germans. Our blood is German. We know what's the problem. Because Rommel did not succeed. You know what we are talking about. That the Nazis did not capture the Holy Land. This is the moderate. And the other things that you see, Shapira is a Jewish guy. There are many Jews, this is what was surprised to find out, that the left, 
because I was born in Israel. I left Israel 33 years later, and then I was coming back to Israel. And it changed. When I left Israel, there were two tribes in Israel, the Jew and the Arab. When I came back, there were three tribes in Israel, the Jews, the Arabs, and the Europeans. And the Europeans are roaming the streets. Not every, if you are just a tourist, you'll not see them. But if you open your eyes wide, you'll see them. They are all over. They say, this, they are NGOs. They say they have come to Israel to pursue peace and help the two sides in, to find a peaceful resolution of the conflict. They call themselves people of peace and of love. But what they are really doing is nothing of love. It's the old, antique, dirty anti-Semitism of Europe. And it's frightening to see it. If they find a Palestinian who still does not hate Israel enough, they identify them and they convince them to hate them all, the Jews. If they identify a Jew who is self-hating, they sponsor him. They give him money. Because it's much easier if a Jew talks dirty about other Jews than they. And the biggest funder of these NGOs, the biggest money comes from, sad to say, Germany, which is another country I happen to be living in. This is happening today. It's frightening to see. When you are walking, one day I remember I was in Burin, which is a Palestinian village. On my right is one... Uh, guy who is paid by Israeli NGOs, which are paid by Germans, and his job is to catch a Jew doing something wrong. I keep, from one organization, I keep walking, or standing here just looking a few steps, and there's another guy, Mustafa, but he's doing the same thing. He's paid by another NGO to catch a Jew. <laughs> you walk back, <laughs> there's another one. See, it's it's like, a, like a terror, an horrifying movie. Everywhere you walk, there are those people were paid to speak badly of Israel. And too many Jews are behind it, supporting it, collaborating with it. That is frightening. We keep talking about what happens, but we ignore the real realities. And another reality, I did it, everybody can do it. I started following Western journalists. Good, mainstream, BBC, Economist, whatever you want, the good ones. And I saw them, videoed, videoed them. They are making up stories. Things that never happen, they make it up. And they try to interview, they'll work day and night to get a guy who says something bad about Jews. And manipulate them sometimes, manipulate innocent villagers to change their stories around. And when I talk to the villagers, when I go there without NGOs, they tell me a totally different story. Because I don't manipulate them. And this is happening every day there. This is really beyond belief. And nobody is doing anything against it. Nobody. How could it be? We were there for what, six, seven months. There is foreign media there. There is German media there. There is American media there. There is Israeli media there. Some of them journalists who are very well paid drive their most expensive Mercedeses. And they never see this. And I did not make it up. I can prove it. We have hours of hours and videos. We had a Swiss team coming with us. And they constantly videoed and recorded. And another thing, we are here in the United States. The book has come out in Israel in September. It became a number one bestseller on Haaretz. If you know what it is, Stematsky, if you know what it is, Yediot, if you know what it is. Basically, it's five months a bestseller. It came out in Germany, and it is for now for the 14th week, straight 14th week, bestseller in Germany. It came out in the United States to date. Not one American reviewer agreed to review this book. I have not asked them to write a good review. I have not asked them 
to write anything of my taste or for my liking. I just said, review it. Not one American reviewer. Not even Jewish. Even the Jewish week will not even respond to a question, will you review it? Would you like to see the book? Would you like to read the book? One after another. We have approached them all. God knows. Not yet. Not one of them so far has agreed to review the book. That's America. We are not in a good spot here too. And I'm not talking about Mariana. It's not because I have written it, you have to write about it. It's a book that is bestseller in two different countries. They've gotten God knows how many reviews already. We risked our life, especially me, because I was born in Israel. If they knew me in Palestine, that I am not only Jewish, also an Israeli, and a person who served in the Israeli army, I would be made into a nice hamburger. And nothing, not even the Jewish media. Because Jews are afraid to talk before the Gentiles talk. The Gentiles talk before the Jews talk. We are in America, you are so, such a Michigan melting pot. <laughs> that it's frightening. But this is what happens. So this is the first event that we have here at Isgap. And we have another event next week at uh, Ken Anira Abramovitz. Yeah, you can go to our website and you're welcome to, to join us. But this is what happens. In America, in a free country, you would think that this would be reviewed. No, not yet at least. So this is what happens. And I'm thankful to all of you for being here. And I will take Q&A. If you have any questions. Yes. Did you try the Jewish voice? Because they're more... Try the Jewish voice too. We tried everybody. We tried every we just give us a name, we tried them. That's surprising, because they usually think like you do, more or less. It's not, I only make sure, people understand. I'm not a right-winger, I'm not a left-winger, I'm not a centrist. I still believe, maybe I'm naive, that the, my job as a journalist is not to preach to people and tell to people what to think and make propaganda. My job is to tell the story the way it is. I walk here, I find a cock. Can I say, there was a cock hen. <laughs> That's it. If there's a book here, I say, there is a book standing. I'm not making up anything. Everything is covered. Believe you me, you have no idea how many people wanted to sue us. This book covers amazing number of people, organizations that have millions to their names. Red Cross, an anti-Semitic organization, even Doctors Without Borders. I call them trying to make up, to invent a disease. In order, it's like the Russian disease. They try to invent a disease in order that you can stick it to the Jews. It's like fighting elements here. Just the way it is. It's reportage the way it should be. I'm not right-winger, I'm not left-winger. Look, in Israel, the first one who reviewed it were the right-winger papers. Gave it outstanding reviews. And then guess what? Who gave it the best review ever? Aaretz, on the far left. And Aaretz said, the critic said, it's the last call to the left. Wake up. And here in America, nothing. Nada. Yeah. We'll take this for the same prize, we'll take worse. <laughs> I want to say that on Amazon, um, every
five out of five. five you know, of this book, it's called, in, in, in German, it's called Allein unter Juden, oh. Alone Among Jews. The first book, I sleep in a little room, is called in German, Allein unter Deutschen. The second book, Allein, Alone Among Germans. The second is Alone Among Jews. And the next one coming is Allein unter Amerikaner. I don't give more Americans. And just so you know, they are commissioned all these books, and Sukamp is the best, the most respected publisher in Germany. So what will be others? We will we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Who do you think, is, whose responsibility is it in Israel? I, I wasn't aware of these Europeans walking around, those you mentioned. You know, I'm in Israel quite a lot, but I'll take your word for it. However, who do you feel is responsible for kind of corralling this or changing the situation? What should happen for a switch? I'll answer this question. This is a very good question. First of all, you know, when the, the publisher of the book in Israel first said, we have this book, I'm going to make it, publish it, and it, it said to them the stories what one of them were the European intervention, and, and the Israelis, the Israeli media said, you are kidding yourself if you think that this Schmendrick Tuvia comes here to Israel and he tells us he knows more than we do. So we said to them, you want the video? And they got the videos. And they look at the videos. Because they have the same thing. We don't know that Europeans are you know, roaming here like this. Short, simple. And they got the videos. And they put it immediately on something like 60 minutes in Israel. It's Rupan Shishi on channel two, and yes, because everything can be proven. Now, how do you do it? How do you change it? I mean, there are many ways. One of them is to, to change the law in Israel about all these NGOs that get involved politically and are there to get involved politically and to make them, first of all, to make them more shkufim, as they say, to, to more transparent, you know, to see what, what they are doing, number one. Number two, some of them are basically flouting the Israeli law. And the other thing is to make people aware of it. Now, the, the, some of the biggest German sponsors are hiding because of this book. Because all of a sudden, the German media, one after the other says, hey, look what we are doing. The best of us, the good mentions, the good the the do-gooders who come to Israel, go to Israel, dress nicely with a tie and a suit and talk very perfect German, well-educated, and all they are doing is anti-Semitism, pure. 101. So does it have effect? Yes, slowly, slowly it has effect. And, and the idea is to make this public. That's why I say I don't care about my honor for American reviewers to make it... But there is something happening in America today. The academia is already moving anti-Israel and anti-the Jews. And this is one example of how we can fight it back with facts. An anti-ideology with facts. And you have even Jews who refuse to, at least up to now, refuse to even write one single word. I can't get anybody. I tried National Review. I tried the non-Jews. That's right-wingers, right? Can't get them to give me a phone call back. I know some of these people. And now they just avoid talking to me. I think it's shameful. But American Judaism won't remember the story. That was here during the Holocaust. When American Judaism was quiet. Took a long time for American Judaism to change. And it's now again changing. That's the reality. American Judaism is going somewhere God knows where. Yes, but make it, we are in a democratic society, and in democracy, you make things public. That's why I am here talking to you. And that's why I made sure that this book is published in English. You know? Yes? What percentage of Israelis would you estimate think like, you know, are fooled by this kind of let me tell you, before the book was published in Hebrew, when I went, walked around in Israel, those who knew me, knew me as the German, even the Jews. I'd go to the Knesset, Parliament, and you'd see from the back, hey, German, 
Mind your name. <laughs> How you doing? After the book was published, I can't cross the street without being stopped every five steps. And the people say, if they are right-wingers, left-wingers, or whatever you call them, to die. Thank you. And this happens in Tel Aviv, too. People who walk like left-wingers, dressed like left-wingers, and all of a sudden they say, Thank you for the holy walk. These are words that did not utter for God knows how many years. If they ever. They woke up to reality. The book has wakened them up into a reality they didn't know. So, yeah. Okay, so then before the book, what percentage, or can't you quantify it? You know, are what kind of tools? But you said they were... Look, even the ones, even the ones who were against the European NGOs, the truth is, they didn't know nothing about them. They are ideologically against Europeans. So they assume the Europeans are doing bad. They didn't have any proof. All of a sudden, there is proof. You see what they are doing. Because I went with them. I infiltrated their ranks. And saw what they are doing. I spent the time. And all of a sudden, you can prove it. Because I have it. And believe you me. German organizations that are mentioned here, or any other NGOs, would have sued the hell out of the publisher if anything here was not true. They are known for doing this. And they have a lot of money. But they now, mum the world, they are quiet. And I think it's time to make it public. And one of the reasons nobody wants to talk about it here in America, is because we don't like to admit what's happening. We don't like to admit. We have made our affiliations. We have already decided that everything is nice. And how come you give us facts now? It's not nice of you. And that's what it is. Yeah. So how about an opinion from you? Um, about the upcoming possible visit by Netanyahu in the uh, Congress. What do you think? Is this the right thing? Because you mentioned the Jews were so silent during World War II. Netanyahu is claiming that we have to say something about Iran, who is Hitler in uh, clothes. Look, I'm not private to... <laughs> yeah. I'm just censoring you. I'm not private to whatever really happens with the Iran thing. I don't know anything about it. If you follow the Israeli politicians, they have been saying every two years, every 10 years, only 15 years already, they say, if we don't stop it within two years, it's going to explode. So Israelis have not been very straightforward with it, or did not know. Israel has said that if the West is not taking part of it, they will bomb it. They are not bombing. So a lot of these things is could be politics. I have no clue. A lot of the things could be politics, could be not. But in general, you know, I mean, Netanyahu, I mean, if he was, to put it this way, Netanyahu is a coward. Look what he did in Gaza war. He was horrible the way he, he, he did the Gaza war. I was there, I was at the border. I saw the, the, it's happening. You would not let, he did not let the soldiers, the army, to really step in Gaza just in the beginning. And I saw the rockets coming from the back. And they were not stopping it. And every second day he made a cabinet meeting. If you are a soldier, I talk to the soldiers, they are always in the doubt. What will happen? Will you go in or not? If you was not a coward, then I would say that he has to go to the Washington and say it. But he's a coward. Sorry. On the ground, he's a coward. He's an ingenious politician. But in the way of arranging Hamas, is now stronger than ever. Sorry, that's the reality. Hezbollah is building, I talk to the people, tunnels right there on the north. It's happening. It's happening. Soldiers told me in Gaza, on the border of Gaza, we know about these tunnels for years. 
And he made it sound like we didn't know, because you're afraid to fight it. So if the guy is really a fighter, then okay, I'm okay, I'm all with him, then I would trust him. That he goes to Washington because he wants to fight for a cause, the Iranians. But the way he behaves in the ground in the Middle East is a coward. So when he shows all of a sudden bravery in Congress, I don't buy it. But in general, the Prime Minister of Israel should be allowed to go wherever he wants. This is democracy. And if you follow uh, the politics of Barack Obama, you would know that this is very effective for him. It was like already from the time when he ran for, for office. For the first time he ran for office, if you did anything and he didn't want to fight you back, he, he made it look like you have offended him, you have touched on his, you know, <laughs> and, and he shut off everybody because he's black. And, and he's been doing that forever. This is the strategy that has been already forever. So, but, so there are two answers to this question. Yes, yes, first of all, you. Thank you for your presentation. I have a question and a comment. What do you want to give back, the comment or the question? question. Okay. The question is, out of all these organizations, which, like, where would you rank most egregious, the ones who are really bad, when they, you know, very duplicitous of all these human rights, so-called human rights organizations, like you found the most troublesome? And the, and the comment is, I'm wondering, maybe is it possible, even though the book's title is very catchy, catch the truth, but it's also scary. I'm wondering if maybe reviewers are afraid to, you know, like they think maybe they're reviewing an anti-Semitic book. I'm just saying, I'm just... Okay, I'll answer your boss questions. Uh, the most egregious, the most... Betselem is one of them. Um, Adala, which is a bunch of lawyers funded by Jews. Is another one of them. Um, even Rabbis for Human Rights, which is actually a one-man operation, but, but funded by the millions. Um, I know the guy, uh, Asherman, Eric Asherman. He's, he's a classic self-hating Jew. He needs Eric Asherman. Rabbi Eric Asherman. I know him, I know his wife. I mean, it's, it's frightening. He's, he needs a psychiatrist, first of all. He really desperately needs a psychiatrist. This, there are many of them, I mean, and, and of course they're the ones that fund it, you know, I mean, like Broad for the Welt, Misra, all kinds of organizations that fund it. There are a bunch of them, everyone, Yashdin, yeah, there are many of them. Each one in what, depends in what department. You know, the Red Cross is, is and UNRWA, the United Nations, they are some of the most horrible things. You would not believe what the UN is doing there, and you would not believe what the Red Cross, which never has business in doing it, Basically, championing the idea, you'll see it in the book, that the occupation started in 1948, not in And the Jews should go back to where they come from. Translated Auschwitz-Treblinka. So you have a lot of them, and each one of them is in a different area. So it's hard to say. They are all very well funded. And from what the Israeli intelligence told me, I interviewed them, the, the biggest money spender in the area on the European side, which are the biggest spenders, is uh, the German government. Because they give money, they channel you know, money to the organization, I can be with you in a second. And of course, in America, US, US aid, which is an arm of the American government, um, God knows what they are doing there. They are like, you, what you think America is friend of Israel, and you see what they are doing there, and you find out, not really, with friends like this, all better have enemies. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned only one of the Can you be louder because I am a... You mentioned only the European going to Israel and do that. Yeah, yeah. But we have a lot of organizations in America like J Street and... Uh, we just talked about, but we just mentioned it shortly. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I just, I just mentioned it. I even mentioned the USAID, which is an arm of the American government. Yeah. There are also young rabbis who went to Grandes in our school. I, I'm from Riverdale from the Institute, which is unbelievable that Rabbi Weiss didn't allow such things. But the new rabbi who come from Grandes, and he bring all these people like from people from J Street and people from from for Israel. He even coaches them how to say what to say. Bromberg. Uh, uh, he's like, really, no, he said, oh, I didn't show you a full of So what? What are you coming here and saying? 
Yeah, I know, I know them, I know them, I, I happen to know these people of, you know, I followed J Street from its inception. The only way to do it, the only way to stop them is bust them. This is why I don't know if you know Michael, uh, Michael David uh, Franco. He's one of uh, really, really like, um, uh, how would you explain him to be here? Norpac and APAC and a lot of things that he takes young, our, our children go to. Um, yeah, but you have, you, yeah, the problem is this you, you have to. to the thing is to learn uh, exactly about the like, fun place <laughs> the women who came under that. Uh, 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 they come under Stephen, you know, like Rabbi, Rabbi yeah. Stephen, and they started saying all kinds of things, and they didn't even know what people in their own organization doing, supporting SJP, supporting boycott, supporting. They said no, they don't. So what Michael did, what David did, what everybody just like took out. They said this is who you are. Shame on you that you don't know what you are doing with the money that. We okay, have. okay, we all know that. You know that, my dear. I mean, one of the problems is, and, and, and you must encounter it, and you must encounter it, American Judaism is changing its face, and it's in a different phase now. Too many young American Jews are against the state of Israel. This is, this is the reality. The reality is that you have rabbis, forget, before even you go to all this Israel fund and Israel fund, because you go, even go there, because these are individuals, you have to see what happens underground and on the surface. You know, and, and, and under the surface. And this is what's happening. American Judaism is moving away from Israel. This is the reality. American Jews want to be nice, to look cool, as they have always wanted to look cool. And it was cool to be pro-Israel after 67, and it's not cool to be anti-Israel. I mean, this is, this is happening. This is happening, and this is the fault of teachers here. And, and this is a disease within the Jewish world. Uh, this is a disease within the Jewish world. Okay. I am an Israeli. My family is Israeli. My family of family, 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 I don't know how many years. You come in here because you are... She is connected with people from California. People are paying you money to say this. But on what course do you put in us? Our children are being attacked in colleges. We suffer from anti-Semitism that you don't suffer. But you put us into this. Yeah, I know. And what do you have to say for your, you know, exactly. or, or your, you know, feeling yeah. good about coming and saying this kind of thing? Okay. Shame on you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, how about that? You know, uh, Kubia, I enjoyed your presentation. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. You know, the thing about American Jewry changing and not being supportive of Israel, you know, I think that American Jewry was always divided. That's true. Always divided, that's true. You no, know, there was this whole, you know, and I think that there's plenty of people who think that the establishment of the state of Israel, and of course I don't agree with it, was a historic mistake. You yeah, know, I know that. The yeah. IDF, get rid of yeah. them, all the Jews there, whatever. Okay, but what I, I wanted to ask you is a little bit off the topic in a sense. But about recently, in, in the last few weeks, we're seeing this huge uh, uh, upsurge of the immigrants to Europe uh, assaulting Jews who are observant. Right, but all the immigrants are attacking the Jews. Those same immigrants. And I speak as a former immigration officer and as an immigration lawyer. What are you talking, talking about? Immig which immigrants? The immigrants to Europe. You're talking about Muslim? Well, Arab. Yes. Arab. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Be clear. To, be, be clear in what you say. Yeah. In America, like we Obama. have no many yeah. different Muslim kinds of immigrants. Yeah. In Europe, I think you, there's only one. Okay. But these immigrants to Europe are also coming here. Yeah. And I think that we. You know, need to be very well aware of the fact that what's happening in Europe, you see it happening on the campuses slowly, slowly, but the same, that whole population is on the move, yeah. and it's on the move to America, too. Look, Robert, I, I, uh, I, Robert, Robert, let me just say, Robert, yeah, let me just answer this. I think that right or conservative Jewish thinkers and foundations or, or whatever, think tanks, I've been saying it for a long time. Because, you know, about the dangers coming for the Muslim world in the shape and form of Arab immigrants or Muslim immigrants. One of the reasons, one of the problems is, is that these organizations and these Jews, like 
their sisters and brothers on the left refuse to look at reality, to stare at reality, and understand what's really going on. Anti-Semitism cannot and should not be blamed on the Muslims. Sorry. Anti-Semitism is the work of the Christian world and of the atheist world, of the European world. That's where it's most potent. Who in Germany is funding the NGOs in Israel? Muslims, wake up, baby. It's not Muhammad Ahmadi who, 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 who funding them. It's Johannes Deutsch who is funding them. The rise of anti-Semitism in Europe is nothing. Read my lips. Nothing to do with the Muslims. And it's better that the Jews will wake up from that dream. It's easy to think like this. I know. It's easy to think that the white people are nice and the brown people are bad. Wake up from that dream because this will take you to your grave. The rise in anti-Semitism in Europe, and I live in Europe, is mostly from the intellectual today, from the right-wingers, and the elite academia, all of which, or most of which, 99%, has nothing to do with Islam. If you know Arabic, and if you go to Arab countries, and if you can read Arabic literature, you'll find out that the anti-Semitic literature in the Arab world, in the Muslim world, is for the most part translation of European anti-Semitism. They couldn't even come up with it. And if you know Islam, you would know that according to Islam, the Arab, the, the, the Christian and the Jew are equal. Never the Jew singled out. And if you know Islam, if you know the Quran, you would know that Prophet Muhammad was actually a Zionist. Because in the Quran it says that Allah gave the Jews the land, the holy land. That's in the Quran. The problem here, people here talking the name of the Quran like the idiots from ISIS and know nothing about the Quran. Are there Muslims who are anti-Semites? Baby, they are full of them in my book. I never denied it. But they are not powerful enough. And even those in Israel, the Palestinians, who are, who are, who are anti-Semitics, without European money and some American money, they wouldn't be that. Who teaches the Palestinians to hate the Jews? An idiot imam? Only the Imam who gets paid by the Europeans. So, with all due respect to your job as an attorney of immigration, I can tell you I live in Europe. And I walk in Palestine and in Israel, whatever you want to call it, every time. I know the languages and I know the people. I'm very critical of what happens to the Palestinians today. Extremely critical. But I refuse to put a finger on them for something they are not responsible. The Palestinians wouldn't be doing it if not the Europeans teaching them. That's why I had this, this one of the tapes here with Aziz. What is Arakib? Nothing. Who is making Arakib to be? Two people. One is rabbis for human rights, Jews who fight for Arakib, and Rabbi Eric Asherman goes with a t-shirt we are all Arakib. And the Europeans who teach them how to sing songs of have nothing to do with the reality of Arakib. That's what happens. Who is paying the Palestinians? For example, in the old city of Jerusalem, two, over 2 million euros in funding to restore a hammam. The EU. Why? Why is the EU all of a sudden interested in Hamam in a spa, in Arabic spa? To prove Palestinian heritage and culture in the old city. Right next to the Wailing Wall, not far. Who is paying it? The Muslims? They couldn't even think of it. <laughs> the Hamam was there, they didn't even think to prove anything. It's just another house. Who told them? This is your proof 
that you were here before the Jews? The Europeans. So get over, I say to the American Jews on the right, with your obsession with Muslims. Start waking up to the reality. It's the people who look like you. The white people who talk perfect English, who are intellectual, Western intellectuals. They are the poison. They are the horrible creatures. Sorry. Big, if you can, can anybody can hear you? I had a very serious anti-Semitic incident happening to me in Westchester a few years ago, and not one Jewish family or rabbi was willing to help. And I am wondering, what is this? What is what kind of phenomenon is the self-hating Jew? We have become our worst enemy. Yeah, I mean, this is a what makes Jews to be, or some Jews to be, anti-self-hating. Uh, I think this is a question. I think the answer is very simple. Uh, if you are well-versed, or even not too much well-versed, but a little versed in psychology, it makes a lot of sense. It, it is something similar to the Stockholm Syndrome. You probably heard about the Stockholm Syndrome, you know, if somebody hijacks you and, you know, tortures you, become, you identify with that person. So, I don't drink water, it's not kosher. No, can you get me another yeah. can, can you get me another Here is 50 cents. Here is 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not kosher enough for me. Um, at least this has an OU on it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and, and what happens is, this is a nation, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, and they have been prosecuted and persecuted for over two millenniums. Yeah, 2,000 years. History of the Jewish people is... Not an history that what you would think of the chosen people. This is of the worst people. Have been killed, murdered, raped, tortured over and over again. Some Jews start having the Stockholm Syndrome. They identify with their accusers. They become like them and become holier than the Pope. More hateful of Jews than any other. And what they want, their life mission is, get me out of my Jewishness. Make me a German. Make me a Brit. That's one of the fascinations that you know in Jewish literature, if you see for the Shekze. What is the Shekze? The Shekze is, in Yiddish, it means the, the, the most rotten. But the Shekze, the non-Jewish girl, became like the, the symbol of... of of a fantasy of, you know, of Jewish males, you know, as even in the yeshiva. Oh, I walked on the streets and there was a shikze. And she looked at me, a blonde, a shikze, a deutsche shikze. What is this? It comes from the same root. It's the same thing, sorry. It's time that we'll deal with it. What? I think it's political conditioning. That's a, yeah. Uh, so, we break the elements, we showed up, we hear, we heard. Yeah. Say. Let's say you be, make us your messengers. What would, what's the message that we can take with us? Make everybody that you know buy 100 books <laughs> and distribute them to his friends and our friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah. Get, get, if you know anybody who is in the media here, yeah? talk to torture them. Yeah, okay, uh, we, we are getting too late, so two more questions, that's it, yeah. I just want to say that, I, yeah, I've been reading a lot about the history of anti-Semitism and, um, and Dr. gave a lecture about it also. And um, I understand what you're saying about the funding among the... <coughs> Muslim communities, wherever they may be, that it comes from Europe, and about the anti-Semitism in Europe, even though NGOs funded by the government, which is really appalling, that, you know, you say, you say these NGOs, non-governmental organizations, are being funded by the German government and by the EU, it's just dreadful because, you know, the Jews are the world's great inconvenience. 
But that said, okay, I don't think that we can deny the fact, and I think that you prove it time and time again, that even without, now that they're being funded, they're all out there, that these muscles, that, the, that anti-Semitism is rampant and dangerous and lethal and insidious among Muslims. And there are a billion Muslims. Even if 10% of those billion Muslims, we're talking about 10 million very dangerous people, if 10%... <laughs> My dear friends. Okay. 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 And that's a statistic I think that's Just a second. Thank you so much. Okay, okay. Let, let, me, let me answer you. May I answer you? May I answer you? May I answer you? You are right and you are wrong, as usually the case. Right? You are right, yeah, it's out there. Um, you are wrong because you refuse to look what really happens in the Muslim world today. I mean, first of all, the ones who don't like the Jews also don't like the Christians. If you saw what ISIS did with the Coptics, you would see that. They were not against Jews. They were Coptics, they were Christians. And the way they slaughtered them, the way they slaughtered them. Okay, so you don't have anti-Semitism. What is unique about anti-Semitism is that you hate one group of people, no matter where they are. Even in, in Japan, I found many anti-Semites, basically, no, almost no Jews. I found 140 Jews, all from Brooklyn, in, in Tokyo. <laughs> and, and the Japanese told me about anti you know, the Jews are bad people. So anti-Semitism is a unique thing. Okay? That's number one. Number two, the Muslim world. Okay, they don't like Jews. They also don't like Sunnis. They also don't like Shiites. They also don't like Halwites. They also kill each other for no reason. And of course, as much as you think about the Jews, you think also about the Muslims, the, the Christians. Because what they quote from the Quran, and the Quran is something like that. The Quran is that the Jews and the Christians are you know, children of the genies and the, the pigs, whatever it is. But it's not singled out. So when you say they hate them, yes. But this is not anti-Semitism. Because it's not like I love everybody except you. You see? That's a very different thing. The Arabs, the, the Muslim world now kills each other. Look what they're doing to their own brothers and sisters. Allah, wake up. Wake up. And now we, we, we concentrate only on what they, they think about Jews. Allah. Every day. If you watch Al Jazeera in Arabic, because in the general media you can see it, you will not believe how many killings are every day, almost everywhere in the Arab world. In Mogadishu, in Yemen, in Sanaa, everywhere, in Halib, in Tripoli, all the time, 30, 200, 500, 600. Hello, let's be fair. Last question, and we'll call it for the day. Um, I was floored by your presentation, one, and two, you brought about the face of the American Judaism changing and how it's how the BDS movement is so prevalent among American universities. With everything that's going on across Europe and here in America, what is the answer that can be used against such a BDS movement on American universities? And what what is there that you could possibly see that you've seen in Europe and in Israel, that could possibly be an answer against. I think, I think, yeah, I think that uh, what I'm trying to do, at least, I think that you know, you always have to look at the source. The source of what happens in American university now is again, sorry, European universities, because in American universities, European universities are regarded very highly, and when European universities are start moving towards anti-Semitism, you know, next day American. Do it also. There is like a give and take between American and European culture. There is like the things you know that happens here and it's effective over there. For example, no smoking or or this kind of things. You know, the Europeans five years later will adopt the same kind of policies. And there are things in the academia that usually goes the other way around because the European universities are very highly regarded. So if the Europe, if the if the intellectual European world becomes anti-Semitic, 
without saying we are anti-Semites, of course, this kind of things starts moving into American universities, and then it's all spill over for the rest of it. So you, you, every time you have to go to the source. And the source is, sorry to say, you know, you don't have to be genius to know that, you know, anti-Semitism, the Nazi regime did not decide one day, the German people and the Italians and the Japanese, whatever, on, the, on, on that kind of grouping, they did not wake up and they decide, oh God, it's so not nice to kill Jews. Let's stop it. The reason why Nazism stopped is because they fell, they, they fell in the battlefield. The ideas did not stop. And we have to wake up to that reality and fight that reality. And again, the roots, the head of the snake, is Europe. Sorry, and I love Europe, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you, Isgap. Thank you, Izzy, for introducing me. Thank you all for being here. Have a good night.